today, the reading of Proverbs 29, verse 2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when a wicked man rules, the people groan. When, a white, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Please be seated. This particular proverb is most often applied in the context of civil leaders, uh, those who rule over us in the civil realm. But it, it really applies to all forms of leadership, uh, which includes leadership in the church, leadership in the workplace, leadership in the school or in the home. Uh, this proverb is telling us that we can assess the quality of our own leadership based upon the response of the people we're leading. So if you manage a team of employees and they're all happily engaged in productive work, then you can know that you are leading well in the workplace. And if you're a father and your family is rejoicing in their love for one another, then you can know that you're leading your family well. Conversely, if, you're, if your employees ignore you and they disregard your authority and they're grumbling behind your back, then you can know that you're not leading properly in the workplace. And if your family disrespects you and refuses to do as you say and talks back to you, then you can know that you're not leading well in your home. Wisdom is justified by all her children, Jesus says in Luke 7, verse 35. Or to use more modern lingo, the proof is in the pudding. You, but we, we must be careful uh, not to oversimplify this assessment. Uh, you need to use wisdom when considering whether the people you're leading are rejoicing or groaning because sometimes people rejoice in evil and sometimes people groan because they're being held accountable for their sin. If you haven't experienced it firsthand, then you can probably imagine a scenario when a person under your leadership is stubbornly sinful. A good leader will address the stubborn sinner by calling them to repentance. And if the sinner repents, then peace is restored and the people will be rejoicing again. That's the sign of a righteous leader. That's a good leader. But if the, what if the sinner does not repent? What if the sinner continues to persist in unrepented sin? Well, this is the true test of your leadership. How you handle or mishandle this situation will demonstrate what kind of leader you are. And this is why I say you need to use wisdom when you consider whether the people you're leading are rejoicing or groaning, rejoicing or grumbling, because there's a type of person in the Bible that is called the scoffer. Proverbs 9 verse 7 says that when you correct a scoffer, the scoffer will turn, will turn on you and abuse you. And the next verse, Proverbs 9 verse 8, says that when you reprove a scoffer, the scoffer will hate you. So if you have a scoffer under your leadership, then you have a serious problem. If you try to correct a scoffer, they're going to resist and you will have a fight on your hands. A scoffer is going to make things very unpleasant for you and for everybody else under your leadership. 
So the, the people under your leadership are probably going to be groaning instead of rejoicing. But that's not to be interpreted as an indication of, a, of bad leadership. Um, this is why I say we need to use wisdom when assessing whether people are rejoicing or groaning. Uh, a righteous leader will require those whom God has placed in submission to him to be in submission to him. And in the case of the scoffer, um, this will cause some groaning, perhaps a lot of groaning, but it, should not, but, it, but, it, but it should only be a temporary groaning because the righteous leader will either bring the scoffer into submission to his authority through God's means, thereby restoring peace and allowing again for the people to rejoice, or he'll need to take more severe actions. In the case of a scoffer employee, the leader may simply terminate his employment. Problem solved. Uh, now the rest of the team of employees can rejoice again. But what do you do if the scoffer is a family member? What do you do if the scoffer is your wife? Or if the scoffer is your child? The Lord has given us tools and resources for working through these issues. It's not my intention right now to delineate the precise use of those tools and the exact nature of those resources, but, but know that these tools and resources include help from the elders of, of the church. And know that it includes church discipline. And know that in the most severe situations, it might include an excommunication from the church or it might include removing an incorrigible child from the home. The point here is that righteous leaders have the courage and resolve to require submission from the people God has placed in submission to them. Sometimes this will require people to groan for a while. Uh, this is not an indication of a bad leader, quite the opposite. It's an indication of a good leader because the good leader is always working to restore peace and to restore a condition in which the people can rejoice. He's always working to restore joy. Conversely, a bad leader will let the scoffer continue in sinful ways. A bad leader will not use the authority God has given to him to bring biblical correction to the situation because the bad leader is afraid of the scoffer. A bad leader, therefore, will try to maintain the appearance of people rejoicing, but that appearance is merely a cover-up for the groaning that's going on inside everybody's hearts, including the scoffer's heart. The reality is that the scoffer, in those situations, has successfully inverted the leadership because the person who is supposed to be in leadership has refused to lead, the scoffer has assumed leadership and controls the people, typically through threats of anger and outbursts of wrath. Now, our reading of God's law this morning challenges us, all of us, at least all of those of us who are in positions of leadership. It challenges us to assess our leadership. How are we leading? Are we leading righteously? Are we using the authority that God has given to us for righteous purposes, for maintaining joy so that the people rejoice? And if you apply the principles that are found in the scriptures and you determine that you have neglected 
or fallen short in your leadership responsibilities, the ones that God has given to you, then, then confess those sins at the cross of Jesus Christ because that is where you find redemption and restoration. That is where you find forgiveness. And if you are a person who does not have any leadership responsibilities right now, then when we begin our time of silent confession in, in just a moment, confess whatever sins the Lord has placed upon your heart. If you don't have any sins of um, uh, uh, any any sins related to leadership to confess, and certainly I'm, I'm quite convinced that you would have other sins that you can bring to the cross of Jesus Christ. But know that I'm going to extend our time of silent prayer just a little longer today, longer than I typically do, because after we confess our sins, I would like for us during that same time of prayer to pray for those that we are in submission to. Pray for those leaders that God has placed over us, whether that's civil leaders, church leaders, family leaders, your employer. I encourage you to Pray for the Spirit to equip your leaders to exercise righteous leadership through the power of Jesus Christ. For when your leaders do practice righteous leadership, not only uh, will they please God with their righteous leadership, but it will be an opportunity for you and everybody else uh, around you to rejoice. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll have a a time of silence in which you can confess your sins as well as pray for those in leadership over you. Let's pray.